That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Punt Intended, a fantasy NBA dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Rhett Bauer, joined as always by my co-host, Travis Foley. Hello, how are we doing today, Rhett? Excited to be here for another episode, and we're we're getting into it. We're diving in. The season's about to start, and we're we're going to start a, a kind of a new series today, and and it's going to be a more team by team breakdown. We're looking at rotations, players, uh, people we need to be keeping an eye on, and it, I'm really excited for it. It's gonna going to be a long series that we're going to do, but uh, really looking forward to it, and, and excited to break down these teams. Yeah, absolutely. So we're starting with one of the more interesting teams for Dynasty because they just have like three full rotations of players. And that's the Memphis Grizzlies. And we're very, very glad to be joined by David Williams, the host of Hoop Ball Grizzlies. And uh, David, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Getting excited. We are less than two weeks away from the first preseason game. I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's crazy. We were talking before this about how many guys the Grizzlies have. And so that leads right into the first question I have for you is what the heck is this rotation going to look like? Because last year it was a pretty solid 10 man without much wiggle room. And that leaves like five or six guys on the outside looking in, does it not? It definitely does. And there have been a lot of discussions about what, uh, you know, media members and, and you know, in, in the fantasy community, what we think this rotation is going to look like. And the fact is there, there's just going to be some guys that are not getting minutes that, you know, deserve them and who that's going to be right now. I, I don't know. I have a good idea who probably eight of the, the 10 guys are going to be, but those last two spots, I think it's going to depend a lot on how, people play you know Brandon Clark had a pretty rough year last year and found himself outside of the rotation and I'm praying that he has a bounce back year um you know he was really good in his rookie year had a lot of offseason stuff he changed his shot uh, form had some injury issues dealt with a calf injury and then toward the end of the year he told us he, he had been playing through a shoulder injury and so you know th- that may have been what was affecting him and affecting his game and I think any time that you change your shot, like the, the form of your shot, you've got to get reps in. And the amount of time in between the bubble and the beginning of last season just wasn't enough for him to get those reps in. And he looked very mechanical. So, you know, he, he was a guy last year that 
wasn't in the rotation toward the end of the season because he just wasn't getting it done. Uh, Desmond Bain in the summer league playing the point and doing a heck of a job. I know it's summer league and you don't want to overreact to that stuff, but you know, he showed the ability to be a, a more than capable ball handler. It's just, there's a lot there, a lot to unpack. And it's going to be interesting to see what Jenkins and this coaching staff does. Without a doubt. And you mentioned Chris Dunn. Will he be in the rotation? Man, going back to last season, Tyus Jones, his inconsistencies, that's what led him to, you know, fall out of the rotation. And it wouldn't surprise me. Dunn has the ability to get ahead of Tyus in the rotation if he stays healthy, but that's a huge if with him. I don't think, um, I don't have it up here, but in the last three years, Dunn has not played that many games and, and it's been because of injury. So, you know, I, I think that, the, the Grizzlies want to focus on defense and Dunn is a guy that can do that. I'm, I'm pulling his, so he's played, you know, four games last season, obviously that was just kind of, you know, injury riddled, but 51, 46 and 52. So outside of his rookie season, he's not been healthy. And so I'm not convinced that he he's going to be healthy enough to really crack the rotation. I think the final roster spot right now is going to come down to Sam Merrill and Chris Dunn. And if Chris Dunn is healthy, I think that it's it's a no-brainer. It, go, it goes to Chris Dunn. I, I'm just not convinced that he can be. He's not shown me anything to prove to me that he can be. The, this Grizzlies team has done a great job with, uh, you know, I think they've done great with the Justice Winslow situation. But, um, you know, it, it just didn't pan out. It didn't um, turn out to be what they wanted to be. But they done great as far as man, managing that injury. So I think you know I trust this this team and the staff as far as what they do with injuries. But uh, Chris Dunn has just had those issues with injuries, so I don't, I don't think that he stays healthy long enough. If he does make the final roster, I don't know that he's healthy long enough to really get viable rotation minutes. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I'm not sure how much of a role Chris Dunn will have with this team. And, and we mentioned earlier that the Grizzlies are one of the, the biggest enigmas uh, as far as dynasty. I think they are the most interesting team from a dynasty basketball standpoint. If you look at how many young players they have and the rotations that that are just the opportunity is is there for these guys if they can step up and, and take a spot and find some minutes. Uh, we talked about them running a, a true 10-man 10 10 rotation. David, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on what you think that starting lineup is going to look like, uh, especially at the power forward center position. Do you see Jaron Jackson Jr. sliding over and playing that center position uh, a good chunk this year, or do you think his foul issues are, are going to kind of keep him at that power forward spot? Fouls are going to play a huge part for him. The goal in moving JV, uh, I believe, was to get him more minutes at the five. I don't know if we will see him start at the five any this year. I think that, it, you know, that's going to be Adam's job unless Jaron just proves that he can play there and not have those foul issues. Um, but I, I think that that's, you know, deeper into the season. I don't think we see that early. But Jaron's coming up for contract. Everybody thought that he was going to get his contract during this offseason. It hasn't happened yet. I think the Grizzlies want to see what he can do. You know, he, he has shown flashes uh, of greatness and, my uh, my co-host and I, we just recorded the show last night, and we were talking about Jaron and the tools that he has. 
he's more than capable of being the best player on this team. And that's not, you know, not bashing John anyway. We we love John, what he's doing. But Jaron Jackson, with his skill set and his size, if he puts it all together, man, he's going to be unstoppable. And um, we, we were talking about Tony Allen. Was uh, He was on a, a show talking about guarding Kevin Durant and how you had to really, really work to keep Kevin Durant from getting to his spot because once he got to his spot, there was no stopping him. He, he was too long to block his shot, and if he gets to his spot, he's going to make it. And Jaron Jackson, not that he is Kevin Durant, I'm not trying to compare him to that, but the size-wise and the ability to handle the ball, he does have a lot of tools that are similar. Um, so it, it's going to be fun to watch him and, and see how he develops. And as a Grizzlies fan, if he puts it together, th- this team is going to be crazy fun to watch for years. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I don't think there's any question that Jaron Jackson could be the best player on this team. And I think he definitely is for fantasy just because of the lack of steals and, and threes for, for Ja, even though he does have those elite assists. So, is there a player on this roster that you think we will be surprised by either in a good way or a bad way? So somebody that might pop out a little bit more than usual or someone who might regress more than usual. I know you mentioned Tyus Jones potentially being out of the rotation. That would be kind of surprising to me for the deeper leagues where he's been in a, a pretty consistent assists streamer. But is there somebody else that you think will be surprising this year? Uh, I like Desmond Bain for for a breakout man. Honestly, he finished uh, inside the the top one hundred and fifty last year on like by totals. I don't know what it was per game, but I think that you know with, with the moves that they made, you're going to see him get an increased role, and, and I think that he's going to thrive in it. The fact that they were playing him as the point guard in the summer league makes me think that they're going to maybe you know he. The starting five is kind of up in the air. I would like to see him start, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's not starting. But if he's not starting, he's definitely going to be the first guy off of the the bench. And I think that he'll come in, initiate offense. So you you know that he's going to knock down the threes. I think you're going to see his assist numbers go up this year. And I, I just feel like you're going to see him. I think that he cracks the top 100 this year. And I know that's not you know wow. super huge, but I, I just – you know, I think his percentages are going to be there, and I think you're going to see the boost in assists. Last year, he – I guess I, I got to switch it to per game to get his totals for assists. He was 216th last year, 1.7 assists in 22 minutes a game on good percentages, like you said. Yeah, so, you know, if you see you see that assist number go from, you know, 1.7 up to around three or three and a half, you know, that in and of itself is going to – bring his, you know, bring him up, let him climb. Um, and then, you know, the, the more playing time for him, you, you would think that that would translate to more defensive stats. And, you know, his his tick in the, like, the pre-draft process was he, he has a negative wingspan. But that doesn't, it hasn't affected him on the floor. Like, you watch him play, and he's still effective. He's He's a capable defender. I won't say that he's a plus defender, but he is a capable defender. And so I think with the, the increased minutes for him this year and possibly being the, you know, like the, the backup point guard or secondary playmaker that you'll see some things from him that he done in college at a high level. And uh, you're going to see that come out this year. 
For sure. He's a guy I think could be a huge benefactor of Jaron Jackson at the five, whether it be him or DeAnthony Melton sliding into that backcourt, you know, the wingy area. Is there is there somebody who would be surprising in a negative light? Is somebody who just may not be in the rotation? I guess Brandon Clark, if he if he doesn't bounce back, is that is that fair? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely fair. Uh, you know, we, we were talking a little bit, I think, before about how he, you know, he fell out of the rotation, and it was some of it was injury related. Um, th- there were just a lot of things with him that led to the the decline last year. So, you know, in order for him to be in the rotation, he's going to have to produce because, just like we said, you know, there there's you know, fifteen guys on the roster, and out of those fifteen guys, probably thirteen of them are deserving of rotation minutes. So, if you're not producing, I think that you're going to see a little more uh, changes in this rotation. But, you know, he Jenkins is not going to – he's not going to vary from the 10-man. That's just – it seems like he's just in a rut there. Like, it's 10-man rotation. That's what we're going to be, and we're staying in that row. But, you know, he, he did vary in who was in that 10-man rotation, and that's something – you know, Jared Culver is a guy that may not see a whole lot of minutes early in the season, but if somebody is not playing well, you know, he, he may get in there. Um, with their focus on youth, they may want to try and get Culver some minutes just to see what they got in him. You know, he was he was drafted, what, like sixth overall? Yep. And has a ton of talent, but just couldn't put it together in Minnesota, whether it was, you know, the turmoil in that organization or – you know, some guys just don't have it. You know, you, you excel in college and you get to the next level and the speed and the changes in the game are something you just can't adapt to. So I guess I didn't really answer your question. I kind of went around a little bit, but I think for me, the, the guys that could possibly fall out, guys that were valuable, um, especially in deeper dynasty leagues, Tyus Jones is the guy that we talked about and Brandon Clark. Those would be the two that I would definitely keep an eye on. And, and just watch it. You know, if you if you feel like they're sliding, maybe try to move them when you can. While you can still get value out of them, I actually I went out and traded for Brandon Clark in one of my dynasty leagues in the hopes that he would bounce back as as like a buy low thing. So, but we'll see what happens there. I still have faith in him. I think that he can bounce back, but you just never know, man. Yeah, a lot of good thoughts. You you just never know with this team. I think that's kind of the the story behind it. You just, you really don't have a clear thought on what exactly they're going to do, especially as this season progresses. Is there any chance? So we heard a little bit in the off season about uh, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson being on the trade block. I think we would all love if Dylan Brooks was traded as far as from a dynasty perspective for Brooks to be traded, open up those minutes for Bain and Melton and players that have really shown a lot of promise. Is there any merit to that? Do you see any, any more moves for, for this team that has for a large part of this off season been very active? Dylan Brooks being on the block was if you come in and you wow me with an offer, you could get Dylan Brooks. He's available. I don't think that they were actively shopping him. He's a lot more valuable in real basketball than he is in fantasy. Um, and he he's the engine for this team, man. Like the the way that he plays defensively, the heart, night in and night out, I, I've fallen in love with that dude. He, he's one of my favorite players to watch because of how hard he plays the game and he's fearless. He's like, I don't, I don't care about the name that's on that Jersey, James Harden, LeBron, James, Dame Lillard, Steph Curry. Don't care. I want the best player on the other team because I'm capable of stopping that guy. 
And, you know, when it comes down to it, you're not really stopping James Harden or Steph Curry, but you make those dudes work. And so Dylan's name was out there, but I don't buy for one second that it was the Grizzlies shopping him. Kyle Anderson, on the other hand, it would not surprise me at all to see him go. And I love Kyle Anderson. He is uh, an extremely underrated player for the stuff that he brings to the floor. His his veteran leadership, you know, you, you see it. And then, you know, on the floor when there's a foul and the team's grouping up, Kyle Anderson is the one that's vocal that's leading this team. But because of contract, and this is a small market team, they're not going to have a massive payroll like Brooklyn or, or Los Angeles. So because of, of him being in a contract here, it wouldn't surprise me if Kyle Anderson ends up going sometime between now and the trade deadline. That's about what I would expect as well, even though he does fill a very significant role for them as one of their only big wings that can play the three and the four. But that leads me into my next question about the most recent additions through the draft for the Memphis Grizzlies, Zaire Williams and Santi Aldama, both players who are almost certainly on the outside looking in of that rotation because you have so many players ahead of them. They're both going to be pretty long-term projects. No, they're not going to get very many opportunities this year. I would say that we probably see Zaire some this year. I don't know that we see any Aldama. I, I think um, in the the post-draft media availability, Zach Kleiman, he he talked about how they had been watching Zaire since high school. So this front office uh, that they they had been watching this kid, and on draft night, I was upset. I'm like. You know, the guys that were on the board, I was a huge James Boknight. Like, I loved what he was able to do. And I talked to you guys a little bit before we came on about the the Grizzlies' lack of guys that can create their own shot. And Boknight was that, like, he's that guy. So, I, I'm like, if he gets there, if he gets to the Grizzlies, that's the guy. That's who they should go after. Then they pull the trigger on Zaire, and I'm like, oh, are you freaking kidding me? And then now, you know, summer league and watching this kid talk, like he he's very charismatic and he's always smiling. So like he wins you over fair, fairly quick. He hasn't even played a real game for the Grizzlies yet. And he's already kind of won me over. So I do think the UC's IR gets some minutes this year. I don't know that it's much. Um, a lot of that's going to be depending on how he adapts to the speed of the game. But uh, Aldama is going to be, like you say, he's going to be a project. And and I think that's, you know, maybe next year or the year after before you see. And and again, with this this team being focused on youth, they could very easily, like toward the end of the season, if they've fallen out of the playoff race, you may see these guys get in there and get more minutes. And, you know, with Jaron not being able to stay healthy, that may open up some minutes later on in the season for uh, Aldama. I'm hoping that injuries are not an issue for him. I want to see what this team can be with him and Ja both healthy. I think that they could they could be pretty good, and I think that he's going to be electric. So um, out of the two between Williams and Aldama, I think that Williams is going to have in deeper leagues more value than what Aldama is. Aldama is going to be a hold if, if you have that spot where you can afford to hold on to him. But, you know, I know – and a few of my leagues, like he, Aldama's out there on the, the free agent list. And I think that that's, that's fine too, you know, because you, you're not going to see anything from him early on. 
Yeah, that's a lot of interesting stuff. So many young players. If Slomo gets moved, Zaire obviously gets more opportunity. If for some reason the Grizzlies do fall out, like you said, I could see Aldama coming in and Adams getting the uh, getting not quite the Horford treatment, but you know how you know how that works for teams yeah. that aren't going to be good that have guys that are uh, are are a little older. So, yeah, really interesting. Some good takes. Uh, I know Rhett, you're extremely high on Zaire Williams at least coming into this year. Um, it sounds like he might get a little bit of a role then. So for those of you holding as I air, uh, hoping for him to contribute to your team, um, I I would I would think he might might get a little a little bit of minutes here and there uh, early on, and and then as the season progresses, it doesn't seem like Memphis is really uh, trying to compete and win a championship at the moment. So I look for Zaire to get a little more minutes as the season progresses. David, thank you very much for coming on and talking about your Grizzlies. I'm sure at some point this season, as we get a better idea of what the rotation looks like, we'll have you back on and, and talk about some of the results that we've seen from some of these young guys. It's It's been great having you on. Do you have anything that you want to plug in? Uh, yeah, j- just the show, man. You get the show on Twitter at HootballGrizz. I'm at DWL2111. You can find the show on anywhere that you listen, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time. We'll be sure to talk to you soon. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We are continuing with our series of going through every team, looking at their young players, rotations, and what that means for uh, us coming into this upcoming season for Dynasty Basketball. Yeah, absolutely. And we could not be more excited to be joined by Patrick Lounsbury. Thank you for having me. Host of the Hoopball Celtics. Um, also, you know, watch a lot of the Celtics games. Been watching the team for about 15 years, and I watch every game now. Cover the team for Hoopball, and I'm happy to be here. Help you guys out, and hopefully, uh, give you guys some some key information. Yeah, awesome. Really appreciate your time. But before we get to the Celtics, we did have a small piece of breaking news. Rui Hachimura of the Washington Wizards is out indefinitely for personal reasons, and. I haven't heard anything about what that personal reason may be. I find the timing interesting as camp is approaching and with as much publicity as Wiggins and Jonathan Isaac and and potentially Kyrie have all gotten from not being vaccinated and potentially that being a factor. I don't think that that's what's going on. And I don't even want to speculate that he's taken that stance, but It'll be really interesting to see if we get any more information on that and when he could potentially return. Yeah, it, it was really interesting that that comes out, but we didn't really get any other information. Obviously, it's personal, but typically that sort of stuff can can leak out. Uh, but as far as from just looking at that team, I mean, Rui was a guy that got he's 
his rookie season and his sophomore year, he's a 30 minute per night guy on that team at the power forward position. And this is a, a team that made a lot of moves in the off season, brought in a lot of wing players. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out at least early on and who gets that starting spot. Um, and also who gets the minutes between Kuzma, Bertans, uh, Avdiha. There's, there's a lot of different options that they could roll with and it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Really looking forward to getting more information on that. And most importantly, just hope that he's okay for personal reasons. That could mean a whole bunch of different things. But moving on to the Boston Celtics, who had quite an offseason, I would say. And with all of those moves comes the questions about the rotation. And there's been a lot of talk about what the starting lineup could be. Is Al Horford going to start at the four next to Robert Williams? Is Are they going to just bring Time Lord off the bench? Anything like that. So, Patrick, from your point of view from as closely as you talk about and cover the team, what is that starting lineup going to look like? And what is that rotation going to look like as a whole? Right. Yeah. And a big thing with uh, so a lot of the offseason moves and Brad Stevens been preaching is um, they wanted to get older. They wanted to get more veteranship in there. They went out and snagged guys who've been in the league for a long, longer period of time. And I think that was a big emphasis, you know, getting Ime in the door as well as a new coach. Brad Stevens moving into that GM role. Um, I think they're on the same page with just trying to get these defensive-minded guys. And as far as the rotations go, um, me and my co-hosts always talk about what we think is the best situation would be probably to put – well, we're kind of on the hype of Aaron Neesmith starting at shooting guard, playing Marcus Smart at the point guard position. Small forward is going to be Jalen Brown if he's good to go for start of the season. I've seen some workout videos. He looks healthy. He looks like he should be good to go. Um, you got Jason Tatum at the four and then you run Robert Williams at the five, I think really is how Horford is that depth piece and, and maybe a situational start, you know, always, always matters. You know, you got teams like Philadelphia in our division, you know, Robert Williams hasn't played well against Embiid. So maybe that's the situation where Robert Williams comes off the bench or maybe he does go to the four. I don't see, um, Al Horford really playing the four as much or, or Rob. Robert Williams and the simple fact is they got burned a lot in that position by, you know, just not being able to keep up with that or switch on any pick and rolls. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. And then we get, we really um, got a lot better on the, on the bench side of things, you know, Josh Richardson, now Peyton Pritchard, you got Dennis Schroeder who should definitely probably one of the most underpaid guys now for production that he's able to produce. Um, got a steal in him there. And then you got the, where it kind of gets a little, tricky is like how many minutes is Ennis Cantor going to get you know like is he going to come in he's going to play 20 minutes and is he going to get you a double double in those 20 minutes or is he going to come in and play eight minutes and get off the court because this team looks like they're going into a defensive direction so he's been kind of like the one that's kind of really hard to pin him and um, I also I've, I've had trouble grasping where Grant Williams fits in the scheme of this these things I can kind of almost see him getting phased out because you know lateral quickness he, he doesn't have that He's unable to guard that position. He's better as a small ball five, but where does he fill in in the rotation as a small ball five in this unit? Yeah, absolutely. That's a lot of good thoughts there. And I think Enos Cantor, I don't think anybody should be really zoning in on him for dynasty. If you're a contending team and he's in your 30 team roster, then that's fine. Because like you said, in 20 minutes, he can get a double double, but Grant Williams potentially being phased out, would be a bummer for people who have invested in him. One player you didn't mention, uh, Romeo Langford. Is he also going to get squeezed from the rotation? Because with, you know, Schroeder, Neesmith, uh, 
Jay Rich, like that's a lot of guys that kind of play the same position. Yeah, you know, um, a good thing, uh, the bad thing for Romeo Langford's situation is that he's just, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I was really hyped on him for this offseason. I'm like, yes, Romeo Langford finally gets his, his first offseason where he's going into it healthy and he gets to work on his game and not rehab. I think that's very big for a player, especially someone at his age group. But, you know, seeing that he got hurt again in the summer league and watching him in the summer league very closely, he just, you if you watch summer league Celtics, you looked at Peyton Pritchard, you go, this guy shouldn't be on the summer league team. He's too good. Aaron Neesmith showed scenarios where it was like Aaron Neesmith was doing fadeaway mid-range jumpers confidently shooting over guys and hitting threes with confidence. And you're like, he shouldn't be in summer league. Romeo was like, he doesn't look like he's trying. He doesn't look like he cares. And for me, that's a concern, especially when you got a coach who is very defensive minded. I don't care how good Romeo is on the defensive side. If he doesn't end up excelling and, and really taking it more serious and really developing on the offensive side, I just don't, I don't see where he fits. I don't know why he would deserve minutes over an Aaron D. Smith, why he would deserve minutes over a Peyton Pritchard. You know, I thought maybe there for last year, they wanted him to do a lot of um, ball handling to potentially maybe play like a ball handler type role, but, it, it doesn't look like he has been able to grasp anything that's going to bring value in that sense. So right now he's kind of in the weird question mark. I, I got to see him in the season before I get a grasp on him a type of situation. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what they do with Langford and, and where he fits with this team. And just listening to you talk a little bit, uh, the one thing that I really noticed with this team compared to last year, and a lot of it was due to injury, is, is just the depth that they have, the, the guys that they brought in. Uh, that just that from top to bottom, every position's a little bit deeper than it was last year. I think that's going to be a big benefit. But at the same time, it can be a detriment to some guy's value. And one guy that I was really high on coming into the offseason, I thought, you know, he was going to be a sneaky good value play, uh, still young. Um, it was Peyton Pritchard. And then they ended up signing Dennis Schroeder, and that kind of soured a little bit of Pritchard's value, in, in my opinion. Maybe not long term, but uh, just coming for this upcoming season. Where do you feel Pritchard – what do you feel like his role is going to be with, with this team? Do you think he's the, just the backup point guard right off the bench? Do you see him being able to come in and, and play point guard and, and bump smart over to shooting guard like they did a little bit last year? Um, or do you feel just Schroeder is going to zap a lot of his minutes? Right. No, yeah, I, I love Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard actually was the Celtics' leading – three-point percentage leader on the team last season. Um, he shot just over 40%. Great shooter. Shot a good amount, two to three threes a game he was in. Um, he has the ability to knock down a shot. The thing that's always been a knock on him as a player is that he sometimes just gets burned by other guards. He, he can't stand the court because he can't play defense consistently. So I'd see games where it's like, yeah, it looks like he's going to get a lot of play time, and then he gets cut out. So I'm hoping that this season – um, I, I can see him playing alongside of Schroeder and Smart at times. So I'm really thinking grasping around maybe a 15-minute-plus type role. I don't know necessarily he's going to get over like 22 minutes, but I think you're, you're safe to be banking around 15 to 18 minutes of Peyton Pritchard, which could be a nice boost production. That's enough time for him to knock down a couple threes for you if, if that's something that you're building your team around. Yeah, absolutely. It. I think Travis's point about it not being a long-term detriment is a good one to keep in mind. Could be a bit of a buy low opportunity as long as you're going to be patient with him. And there's even a chance that Schroeder doesn't play very well for the Celtics and they just, they aren't invested in him. You know, they're not considering him a huge part of their core. So they could just phase him out too, if they really wanted to. 
Is there a player on this roster that you think will surprise some people from a dynasty slash fantasy perspective this year? Yes. Um, I don't think he's going to affect anything long-term, but I think it's the guy we've mentioned a few times is Dennis Schroeder. I think Dennis Schroeder is going to get um, the green light for the second unit. I think he could be in t- contention for a six man of the year award. So long as he, he really buys into that off bench role. I think he's going to have full command. He plays solid on the defensive side. So he's going to earn those minutes that way. I think he's above average on the offensive side of the ball. And I think there's a lot of potential, you know, to get him later in drafts. Um, I've done a couple mock drafts myself and seeing how far that Dennis Schroeder falls down the board sometimes. And it's, it's very good. He could have a productive year. He could have a Jordan Clarkson type of year where he's really a 18 point per game guy off the bench. And that's something the Celtics would really, really need and really use. And then another guy I would say as well is uh, Marcus Smart's production, I think is going to go up this year. This is going to be like one of his first times really taking over that, that ball handling point guard role. He's always been this off ball guy. He's always been like this guy who's like you're, you're wanting threes from, you know, off, off catches and shoots. But this season he gets really focused on playmaking. And see, that's something that's been really underrated. A part of his game is he's been able to really handle the ball and, and playmake really well. He's probably one of the very few Celtics on the team that can actually throw a decent lob pass. So, and with a guy like Time Lord, uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how uh, much Marcus Smart can bring more value um, to the Celtics being the starting point guard. We talk about Schroeder, and it, he just has such a negative value around the league right now for his poor play. But from a, a fantasy perspective, we, we do need to make sure that we are separating uh, re, you know, the real NBA, their contribution, and what they can bring to our fantasy teams. And Schroeder's a guy that usually can put up pretty good numbers depending upon what you need. I mean, last year, I know he didn't have the best season, but he was still 15 points, five assists, and a steal with really good free throw percentage. Um, and he's going to chip in a, a three or so there as well. So somebody that is going to go really late because I think he has a lot of negative stigma to him based on the type of player he is and what we hear in the the media, in the real NBA. But what, what he can provide for your fantasy team is there is some value there. So So don't sleep on that. For sure. And so you've mentioned Peyton Pritchard a little bit. You've, you've talked about the role he's going to have. We talked about Romeo Langford. And I believe before the pod started, you were talking about Aaron Neesmith potentially starting in that shooting guard role. That's the last young player on your guys' roster that really warrants that much talking about, unless you want to go on for 20 minutes about Time Lord, which we could we could probably do. But Time, Time Lord, it's simple. If he stays healthy and gets 20-plus minutes, then he should be on every roster in every fantasy league. Everybody knows he should this. already yes. be on every dynasty roster. Like you're you're two be years already, behind yeah. on yeah. him. Uh, he but, is Nerland's Noel. You remember when Nerland's yeah. Noel, you're getting the blocks, you're getting the easy points, you're getting the high field goal percentage. Robert Williams has that glaring, like, I could be a better version of Nerland's Noel. I just can't play past, you know, 28 minutes. Um, so it's always – I mean, everybody saw in the in the playoff game against the Nets when he had nine blocks in, in a matter of 21 minutes, and it was just – you're like, man, this guy is he's, – he's special. He has, like, that, that factor of being special. But, yeah, Aaron Neesmith is my guy. That's – you know, I will – if he flops, I'll, I'll take the hit. It's no worries. But I think he's – he was a guy last year I told everybody to pump the brakes on, right? He played very minimal games in college. He had a small sample size, no training camp due to COVID season. He really looked like a player as well that just didn't understand the playbook. There's a lot of times in the season where I saw Marcus Smart pointing in the direction of like where he should be, how he was out of position and stuff. 
now he had a full off season to work on the playbook. He's going to have new, new coach involved. He kind of knows how to walk as a professional. He has more games under his belt. He played minutes in meaningful games in the playoffs. Um, I'm excited for Aaron Neesmith. I think his confidence is up now. I think they are going to do a really good job at, at keeping his development on a good role. And I think he has the ability as watching in preseason and he was hitting some crazy mid range faders in people's faces and stuff. And I'm just like, he just kind of reminded me, I don't want to, I don't want to blow people away with this comparison, but he kind of reminded me almost like that development process Jalen Brown went through. I'm not saying he's going to take jumps like Jalen Brown, but he still has that potential of like, if he took a jump like that, it wouldn't shock me as much as I think it would shock a lot of other people. I think it could be a really key contributor to this team because his team needs some outside shooting and he's got that ability to do it with when he has confidence. I don't think we are that far off on what you believe for Neesmith. I think Travis and I are probably higher on him than just about any other dynasty ranking out there by about 30 spots because we saw a lot of what you saw, not only in summer league, but to close the year out last year, Brad Stevens had him playing a good amount. I felt like, and he, and he showed some flashes of being able to do some stuff, obviously on a team with the Jays, the usage may not be there. Marcus smart too, but there's flashes of some stuff and he plays a very, very important position. And I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. Yeah. And he mentioned it just shooting in general, every team needs more of it. And he's a guy that can really provide it. He can light it up, uh, can get very streaky. And when you got two playmaking wings, like the Celtics do, you don't really need much else. You just kind of need guys that can spread the floor and get after it on the defensive end. And and he's definitely a player that has the athleticism, has the shooting ability to find minutes, and he's still young. And as you mentioned, he was coming, he was injured coming out of college. We had the COVID. He didn't get that much time to gel with the team. So you really have to take la- last year with really any rookie last year, kind of take that season with a grain of salt. And that's the reason I haven't knocked got a lot of these rookies that had poor seasons last year. I haven't knocked them down my rankings too far is for that reason. I, I really want to see what they can do given a, a full off season with the team um, and, and just kind of see what, and he's, he's one of those guys. I, I really want to see um, what kind of leap he makes this sophomore year. Without a doubt, Celtics are going to be one of the more interesting teams to watch because of all the moves that they made and the the head coaching change. Ime Adoka, I want to see what he's going to do with that roster. What sort of step is Tatum going to take? Jalen going to take? You know, just a lot of exciting reasons to be watching the Celtics. Patrick, do you have anything else that you want to plug before we before we hop off here? Uh, no, man, just uh, come check out Hoop Ball Celtics. You know, come check out me and my host, co-host, Lucas Gaynor. We're, uh, we try to pu- push out about two shows a week right now. As the season progresses, we'll be pushing out probably around three or four. And, you know, look out for the Celtics, man. I know a lot of people are thinking that they're going to be like the seventh, eighth seed team. But a lot of a lot of things that they changed were to improve in defense. You know, this will be, I think this is a season where we come back with a top 10, top 12 defense. And, and things change when you have Jason Tatum taking another step and Jalen Brown healthy. So... Without very interesting. Yeah, go follow Patrick on Twitter at Ballin Opinions. Make sure you follow Travis and I as well. If you don't find him, we'll we'll push you in the right direction. Thank you very much, Patrick. We will talk to you again soon. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. You guys have a good one.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.